Welcome to the Built from the Ground Up podcast. I'm your host, Justin Neary. Thanks for joining me. The title of our podcast today is Don't Mow Your Own Lawn. And I came up with that just the other day. Give a little background on that. I was uh, doing some work around the house and the neighbors had hired someone new to cut their grass. And last week, or the week before that, actually, I was like, you know what? I should get that guy to cut my grass, see how much he wants. And I kind of procrastinated about it. I didn't really run out there. And, and then I was like, all right, well, let me go check with him. By the time I got out there, he'd already left the area. It was too late. So then the next week rolled around, and uh, he was back cutting the neighbor's grass again. And I was like, oh, I got to cut my grass. Because the thought about having him do it just left. I was like, oh, I'll just do it myself. It only takes me a half hour or so. But then I get out there and I'm cutting the grass and my knee's hurting because <laughs> it hurts. I have to get some surgery soon. And I was like, why am I doing this? This guy's better set up for it. He comes to my neighborhood every week. He could be done quicker than I can because he's got better equipment. He's going to do the trimming better because that's his job and he'll do a better job than I will because I get sick and tired of trimming. By the time I'm done cutting the grass, I don't want to trim it at all at the edges. And uh, I just don't do a great job because I don't care. I just don't care about lawns, but I have to keep up with the neighbors and their lawns are nice. So long story short, I talked to him and I said, Hey, do you want to cut my grass? And he's like, seriously? And I'm like, yeah, seriously. So I have a guy that cuts my grass now. And at first I was like, oh, it's just some guy cutting grass. He, he doesn't have lettered vehicles and all that. But then I thought to myself, well, he's cutting grass. He doesn't have lettered vehicles. So he probably already has a job and this is his side hustle because he's probably ambitious. And long story short, he's more than reasonable. The price is, is fantastic. I actually give him a little bit more because I find it was a little bit uh, too cheap. And he deserves more because he's cutting my grass and I don't have to. So that's where I'm at now with that. So that's what led me to the title of this this podcast because I I tried to just do it myself. It's my lawn. I should just cut it myself. Well, yeah, but I could take that time and do something else that I, I find to be a little bit more important. And, and on top of it, my knee hurts and I don't want to hurt my knee more than I have to. So let somebody else do it. And so while he's doing that, I'm in here doing something else. So last time he was here, I was cleaning out my garage. I was getting my old boxes that need to be flattened out and all the stuff into the trash, and, and I, I had a productive period of time, something I was putting off doing that only I could do, but I didn't have the time. So now I do have the time. I just gave myself an extra half hour a week to do something that only I can do. So I know we've talked about that in the past, um, hiring people to do the things that only, or to do the things that maybe you could do, but you shouldn't do. And in business, when you're first starting out, there's so much to do. Um, 
an endless amount of things to do. And if you sit there and think about it like I do, you probably get overwhelmed. And then what happens to me is I have so much to do. And even though it's in lists and I know when it's due and all that, I get over, I start to think about it too much and I stress myself out and I don't actually accomplish anything. So I found thus far to hire hiring people is, is a much better use of my time. So I had some marketing things I wanted to do. I can, I can draw, I can paint a little bit. I can, I wanted to do something with some drawings, some technical drawings. I have the abilities to do these things, but I found that it's pointless for me to do them. So I have a marketing campaign I'm getting ready to start. I need some materials for that. I want to make some um, trifold brochures and, and some sales tools. And I was like, all right, well, let me start doing this. And then I thought to myself, why? Why would you do that? You know people that already do that. You can pay them money and it will be done. So I'm, I'm going to be paying someone that I've, I've been very good friends with for many years. He does illustrations for a living. He, so he's going to do some drawings for me that I can use in my marketing. And he does the graphic design as well. So while he's doing that, I can be thinking about other things that only I can do makes perfect sense. I don't care if it costs me money and all. I could do that for free. No, it's not free if I take the time to do it. So that's that's basically the title and why I came up with it. So it's really important to try to remember that. Don't mow your own lawn unless you have to. And as you start out in business, you probably have to mow your grass for a while, so to speak. You probably have to do QuickBooks or whatever you're doing there with accounting. You have to do all the estimates. You have to do the sales calls. You have to do the ordering. You have to do it all. You have to pay your taxes. You know, there's just so much. But you really need to, as you can, as you start to have a budget for it, uh, getting other people to do that for you. Because chances are they're going to do a better job at it. We can't be good as a business owner at everything. And chances are we're really bad at a lot of things. And so by doing it ourselves, uh, the, the potential is for us to make a huge mistake and just waste a lot of time in the, in the long run. So give it to a professional to do. Don't hire like your cousin or something that doesn't know what they're doing, but find someone who does. And there's so many sites when we're talking about marketing and things like that, you can go online and you can you can hire freelancers to do all this kind of stuff. A lot of the printing companies nowadays will will even design things for you for a fee. So there's there's really no reason to do a lot of that kind of stuff yourself, even if you know how. And if you don't know how, save yourself the trouble and don't do it because it's probably going to look bad. You might think it looks good because you got a few words on a on a flyer and a picture, but in reality, uh, a designer will look at it and probably tell you why it's horrible. And designers have a little bit of an idea of, of why things work and the messages that are conveyed. You know, so don't try to be everything unless you have to. Um, that's my advice. There's so much to, to, to designing and doing it right and making it look good. You want to you have a good brand. So you don't want it to look like you made it in your basement. It just It's not going to help you in the long run. 
Now, something completely unrelated, but I think, you know, a small business owner, someone trying to grow their business, this this might help. I was out uh, yesterday in my driveway working on my van, and it my van, it's a 2010 uh, Mercedes, no, it's a Sprint uh, Freightliner, sorry, Freightliner Sprinter, same thing, Mercedes, but... Um, I had to do some some things with it yesterday, take it in for some work, get a recall taken care of. So it was a nice day in the afternoon, and I'm I'm out there taking care of a few little rust spots. I like to, to tend to them a little bit at a time. They're not like rust all the way through, but if I ignore them, you know, they're going to get pretty bad. So I'm out there working on it, and uh, a guy drives by in a hybrid um SUV of some sort. And I, I just took note of it because it sounded funny going down the road. It, it was like, you know, the, the the battery sound, the wheels turning, but no engine. I just saw, so I took note of it. And then like a minute later, he, that same car came back down and stopped in front of my house. And he's like, hey, do you fix chimneys? Well, the reason he knew that is because my, my truck is lettered. So please letter your truck because it works. It's advertising. And I said, yeah, I fix chimneys. And so we, we got to talking. Long story short, this guy graduated high school with uh, my uncle, knows my dad, knows the family. So we, we talked about that more than chimneys. But uh, I have to you know go to his house and take a look at his chimney, need some repair. But it was an interesting story. Just as a side note, he remembered my dad. He was a little bit older, but he, he talked about how my dad was uh, a good kicker on the football team. And um, we live in right now in the same area that my dad grew up in. So it's like my grandparents' house is the next street down. I can see it from my back porch. But this was a huge football town, and it still pretty much is. Um, but he said the one time uh, this, this guy I talked to yesterday, he was walking under the or near the bleachers, and my dad was, they were doing practice. My dad was practicing punting, and the ball somehow made it over to this guy and hit him right in the head. He got knocked out. Well, not knocked out, but it hit him. And uh, so he was telling me that story. He said, I still have that football. It's in my basement. And So the long story short here is we didn't talk about chimneys very much. I didn't push my way into, hey, I'll come by and give you an estimate. He he was talking about chimneys a little bit, and I, I actually brought the conversation back to just life. And so we had a good conversation, and chances are he's going to feel more comfortable with with whatever I present as the solution because he knows my background, he knows my family. We took the time to establish some sort of connection there, and that's really important. Uh, I was at a, another house the other day um, doing an estimate, and most of the time we didn't talk about the chimney in the fireplace. You know, we talked about what they enjoy, where they live on the lake and all that stuff and their pets. And then the minor details, you know, the the details about the fireplace and everything, but that was a minor part of our main conversations. That's really important to do. And that's not like a technique to just to get a sale. It's just being a normal human being. So when when you're in someone's house, this is what I'm learning. It where I'm most successful, you know, coming away with a sale is when I'm just being a human and talking to them. Now, a lot of people will will say you should learn things about them. Like when we're selling, 
when we're quote unquote selling, you want to learn as much about the customer as you can. Learn about their desires, what they want, just some background, their interests, get to know them because that that makes the conversation go. And what I like to do is tell them a little bit about me. Whenever they have animals, I always talk about my beloved dog. <laughs> I, I will show them a picture. I will talk about how great he is. And I will also talk about how bad he is sometimes. And it, so just have a have conversation, have conversation with people and build a rapport with them. That's how you're going to make connections with people. And generally, people only want to buy things from people they like. If they don't like you, unless they have no other option, they're not going to buy from you. So that's huge. Just have, be a, be a human. Don't be staring at your phone or your paperwork and just only talk about the facts. Talk about them. Talk about yourself a little bit. Let them get to know you. It's, it's, it's going to work. Now, in line with this um, conversation and, and talking about ourselves and getting to know people, I took this uh, test. It's called DISC Assessment, D-I-S-C. Now, there's there's sites online you can take the test, but they're they're really not very thorough. I, I did one through um, my business coach, and I basically got this long printout about myself and how I should treat others. Not like be nice to people. It's how do you communicate with them based on your type of personality? And if you can know their type of personality, how do you communicate with them in a way that you can be effective? So here's, I, I forget mine exactly, the, the letters. I have to look at it again. It's been a couple of weeks. But basically the type of person I am um, is I will give, this is one facet of it, I will give people so many details that they don't care about. Like when I'm explaining what we're going to do on a job, I will give everybody all the details, even um, office staff. I'll, I'll start explaining exactly how we're going to do something. It, nobody wants to hear that, like unless they need it. If they're if they're requiring that information, okay. But if you're just giving a general overview of a project, if it, if you're me, um, you don't have to give all the all the details. It bores people. They don't want to hear them. They stop listening to you. And so there's a bunch of other things that um, this report talked about that I need to do. And I have to read it over again because now I forget most of it. But it, it's designed to help people in, in work environments uh, just communicate with one another better. You, you learn how to approach a person and how to start the conversation. Sometimes you can't just start with work. You, you can't just say, I need you to do this. You might need to acknowledge different things. You might need to ask them how their day is going. You might need to find out a little bit more about what they're dealing with at this particular moment. There's so much to it. But what it really comes down to is being a good human being, giving attention to others, caring about what others care about, and just communicating in a way that isn't being selfish. So there, there's different styles, and everybody, I guess, is a little bit of each one of these but we're dominant in different ones. So that's what this, and this test isn't very long. It only took me a few minutes to take it, um, but it, it really 
help me to understand the type of individual I am. It's pretty interesting how it comes up with it with so few questions. And the way the questions are designed, they're not very hard to answer. So I recommend if you have the opportunity um, to, to look into this DISC assessment, D-I-S-C, and it's you probably shouldn't do it if it's free, whatever, like you find it online and it's free. Go to the actual source of it and get some more information um, and see how you can you can use this in your business. If you're growing a business and you have employees, I think it's essential um, to really figure everyone out and know how you should be communicating with one another. It's going to help big time because um, we have to just communicate all the time. That's like at the core of a business. It's communication, communicating with your customers, communicating with your employees. And if you can't do that effectively, then the business is going to suffer. So get out there and, and get your DISC assessment. Now, another thing from this past week or so that I wanted to talk about um, was something that Chad Murray told me when we were chatting about my business. Um, he said to me, go get in trouble. And it was basically, I had to get and take some steps here. I have to take some steps. Um, and he said, go get in trouble. So that's his phrase. Don't use it and say you made it up. He made it up. And I, he needs to trademark it. And he might be doing that. I don't know. But it's a good thing to think about. So go get in trouble. Helps me, at least, to to realize that when I start a project or I try to get into a new project or we come across a job that I'm not comfortable with. It doesn't even matter. Just go get in trouble. I have the ability to figure things out. I know who to talk to, to ask about specific things. There's forums. I, I have a couple people in the industry in my area that I'm friends with that have know a lot. I have one in particular. He's been in the business forever. His dad was in it. He's in his whole, half of his family's in it. So, Whenever I come across something, I, I don't have a clue of what to do. I'm not just saying, no, we don't do that. Sure, we do that. We do it. We can handle that. And I'll tell people half most of the time, 90% of the time, I tell them, I don't do that in particular. Our company doesn't do that. But we do work with another company that does that. We bring them on for these types of projects. And so... There's no reason to really turn anything down. Now, the big thing I'm finding, and you'll probably find this right now, the time period we're living, is everyone in the construction field or whatever is really busy. They're swamped. They're, they're just they're, Everybody seems to be booked out really far. And that's kind of what I'm dealing with, um, with having other people come in and help. I can get them to come in and help, but they, they might not be available for a long time. So that's a little bit tricky. And it's hard to build a business and rely upon outside um, help if you're because you have to go at their speed. So I'm trying to figure out a way to get some people on board here on the payroll that know more than I do about some construction techniques. and Because we seem to be just getting into jobs that are a little bit bigger than I'm used to. I've been around this a long time, but there were smaller jobs, just general repair, smaller jobs. 
But when we're talking about ripping things down and building new things, you know, I know how to do it. Most of it in theory, I know the process, I've seen it. I just haven't done it or I've not done it and been in control of it. I was on the project working and it didn't matter that I didn't know everything about it because I wasn't responsible. I was just doing what I was told, do this, do that. Okay, done. So it gets a little more tricky as you're starting to be in charge now of those types of projects, but you can't really run from them. I'm not running from them anymore. And I don't even get nervous about them anymore because I just try to remember, go get in trouble. Just figure it out. You'll get, you'll figure it out when you need to. And everything's been working out. And I, I'm careful. You have to be careful. You'll know the projects that will get you actually in trouble for real, like that you cry about. Just be, be, be selective and set the price high enough so that um, if there are any unknowns, you got you've got yourself covered. But you really need to figure things out as best you can, price wise. Just know that materials are a fortune, <laughs> and um, you'll probably be waiting for materials from manufacturers and whatnot for longer than you're supposed to because of the pandemic and all that. But just go do it. It doesn't matter. Do you want to be in business or not? Because if you're in business. You might have an idea of where you wanted to go, the types of jobs you wanted. I, I wanted all the easy jobs. I just want wanted to have the jobs that were in and out one day, basic, basic stuff, get paid. Well, that's not the way it's going for us. We're, we're ending up in places where the houses are bigger than I used to work on in another company. They, these people have more to spend because on their projects generally, and they want more, they want it to look nice. A lot of the projects of my past in the in years ago were just fix it, get it functional. Now I'm into stuff that's, you know, let's get this functional, but we also want it to be beautiful and it's a luxury thing. The fireplace is a luxury item and it, you don't heat your house with a fireplace. You don't have a fireplace um, if you're concerned about spending money on, on heating and how much you're going to waste up the flu. It, it's a completely different market, at least from my perspective. You know, people want to spend on something nice. They want stonework. They, they just, it's a different ballgame completely. And those are the projects that are bigger and can be more scary because there's so many unknowns. Now, what I will say is I'm learning that while in the past, maybe I would plan every little piece out of a job. At this point, I just plan for the bigger picture and I figure well, once we get in there and we rip things apart, we're going to see that we have to have a new game plan. Because every time I try to plan for something big, it's ch it's changed once I get there. It's like, oh, this is different than we expected. And that's what happens because you cannot see behind the stonework all the time. You can't get all the way in there. Now, you can, you can anticipate based on experience, but when you're, for me, when you're just getting started, on some of these jobs, you know, you don't really know what to expect. And that's another reason why I like having other companies I work with, because I just bounce it off them and no one's stingy with their, with their knowledge, you know, cause we, we help each other, we get paid to help and, um, it works out really good. So just remember that go get in trouble. I'm trying to remember it every day when I get scared of maybe getting into a project, the last bigger project we did, Everything went smashingly well. Now I had some experience 
uh, in the past with with this type of job, but it wasn't just my job. I was helping other pe- people, or I brought in someone to do it for me while I helped them. It was my job, but I just said, "Hey, I'm here to help. You just do it." So you can't be afraid to just do big things. That's the whole point of being in business. Now you have to you have to be wise, and you can't try to get bigger than you are before you're ready, and you have to be realistic. So that's my advice there. Get in trouble. Chad Murray came up with it. He told me that a couple of weeks ago, and that's what I'm doing. He tells me that now every time I talk to him. So it's something good to think about. Now, another quick thing I'm learning, um, pricing has to be what it has to be. And at first I started out getting all my pricing together and it was like, all right, well, this is it. I figured every job out to the penny. Then I started to get away from it and just be like, all right, well, the price is this. And I didn't base it on anything. I was like, well, the other job I did was similar, blah, blah, blah. Here's the price. Okay, well, guess what? It it doesn't work right because every time I do that, I end up having to spend more on materials than I thought because now it's like, oh, I'm changing this out. I didn't figure for this. Oh, the permit's $169 instead of $80 like it is in the other town next to here. So you really have to figure it out. But you don't have to figure it necessarily for each job if it's a similar job, like a liner job. Just get in get in your mind, you know, price points for different sizes and all that. But but assume you're gonna end up with more spent on materials uh than you're planning for. This happens to me every time. It's like I always need an extra piece of galvanized smoke pipe, like a Y or something. And they're expensive. They're thirty some dollars around here for a six by three Y and that's not much money. But when you, you start adding up all the random pieces you have to buy and, and, and that you didn't expect for you, you know, you get into a hundred, $200 more in job materials. And that's a lot. And when you multiply that by all the jobs you do, so you can't be messing up like I have been lately, get it figured out as best you can. And just plan during the estimate phase, plan to replace certain things. Like if you're doing a liner, plan on replacing all the all the galvanized pipe from the boiler just in case. And then if you don't need to replace it, whatever, but plan on it. Because it seems like every time I don't plan on replacing it, I have to. And then when I plan on replacing it, I don't have to. So I'm going to just plan on replacing it every time. And it makes the job look nicer anyway. Because uh, usually that the galvanized pipe is rusty around here at least. Now, I'm going to conclude this podcast today with something I just thought about when I was driving the other day. And I I think about how far I have to go in building this business so that it can run without me. And I get depressed every once in a while. It's like, oh, there's so much to do. And I don't even know if I could get it done ever. And it's like, oh, I need this to happen. And this should happen. And we should be here by now. I need this to take place. I got to find this. I got to look for that. There's just always so much that I'm not reaching. But I thought to myself, well, you need to congratulate yourself for how far you've come and up to this point. You actually have a business and people are paying you. Think about that. You have a business, most likely, if you're listening to this, and people are giving you their money and you're making a living. So that's got to count for something. You know, it might not be the goal you have in mind of what you envision for your perfect setup. 
but you're making money. So pat yourself on the back, congratulate yourself, because nobody else is going to. <laughs> I've, I mean, there, there's some that want you to be successful, and they'll, they'll say good job. But you'll find in life that most people don't do that. When you succeed, they don't get happy. You know, it's just weird. That's how humans are. Like, we're we're better at picking out people's flaws by default and like complaining about stuff than congratulating people and giving them good commendation when they deserve it. So give yourself that because you're probably down on yourself when you have a business. If you're an entrepreneur, you're probably never satisfied and you think you could do better all the time. Well, you can. But you've done pretty good to this point. So be happy with that. So we're going to wrap up this podcast now. I want to end by saying thank you for listening so far. Thank you for being here while I document this journey and just say the things that I'm going through and the things I'm learning. Maybe it'll help you. Maybe it won't. Maybe you'll think I'm full of it. (laughs) Whatever the case, I'm going to do this. I started to lose some steam with the podcast, but Chad Murray told me to just keep doing it. He said he enjoyed the last one he listened to, and that was encouraging. So if you're getting anything out of this and you are enjoying it, send me a message on Facebook or something. Let me know you're listening. Tell me what you'd like to hear more of or what you'd like to not hear more of. And that'll give me some good direction on where to go. Again, I talked about this briefly. I want to get some people on here and interview them. That's going to happen soon uh, once I once I pick up some more steam with this. But until then, I appreciate you listening. Go outside. It's warm out. Quit sitting in front of a TV or an iPad or watching Netflix. <laughs> get outside and do something. Have fun, enjoy life, and be nice to one another. That's going to do it for me. We'll catch you next time.